Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, fine. So the politicians are doing their thing. But then the individual people in this country, what I learned in just that year, I learned, including my friends, families, and coworkers, who would be the persons to help hide Anne Frank and who would be the people to turn Anne Frank in, okay? And I also learned it was like, if social media was around back during, you know, Hitler's time, he probably would have won because people would have been taking their selfies going, look at me, I'm going in the boxcar for safety. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty, physical, and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. <laughs> all right. Do a little bit of an uh, intro, like uh, how do they say iron culture? We're going to be a little bit calm today. Oh, no, actually, no, we're not going to be calm at all. <laughs> I got uh, Chris Crowley here today with me. Um, <clears throat> I'd originally met him through a uh, mutual of ours, Mr. Rob Goodwin, who's been a uh, good friend of the show. So um, he reached out to me after I had subscribed to his newsletter and downloaded his ebook and uh, kind of just said, Hey, what's up? And uh, from there, we hit it off pretty damn good. So, uh, Chris, give a uh, introduction to who you are. And of course, you know, tell us how you're doing today. Well, you know, first of all, it's an honor to be on your show, man. I'm not just saying that to be some sort of politician like, Hey, vote for Chris. I'm saying that because I love your channel, I love what you're about. And so I'm very thankful. Um, quick, I guess. Uh, Try to put my life in about a five-minute uh, time frame here. So my name's Chris Crowley. Uh, I am a former. Um, I'm a former obese guy. Really struggled with obesity for a very long time in my life. Um, heck, even back '95 through '99 when I was in the Marine Corps, I was dealing with being overweight. Um, it happens, especially for the air wing guys. Th those guys know what I'm talking about. Um, Probably back in 2017 or 2018, I met a man by the name of Dave Bowers. Uh, he's in that picture right over there. Um, he actually was the IFBB promoter who was doing the Indie Pro, and he just retired from the IFBB business uh, just this year. So I met him in Detroit. This dude, I mean, his, like, his polo shirt had muscles, right? Like his traps had traps. And uh, so, you know, I want to do bodybuilding, and I also had a lot of health problems from being overweight. Uh, my father had his first stroke at 48. I'll be 48 in a couple weeks. And I was like, I really got to start changing my life around. So um, since I've always enjoyed bodybuilding, I started to endeavor into it. 
uh, first show, I was definitely that guy that just, as Rob, Rob says all the time, these people that just pay an entry fee, uh, but really have no business being in the, on the stage. Mm -hmm. That was me. Uh, and then after that, after being embarrassed, I really started endeavoring and diving real deep into natural bodybuilding and the ketogenic diet. That's where I came across Rob Goodwin. Um, and I just haven't looked back since. Uh, I'll, I'm 47 right now. I am in the best shape of my life. Uh, no more medicine. You know, I'm no longer a part of the medical industrial complex. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, life's good. And it's really been a passion. Now that the passion of mine, I mean, I, heck, last year in the show that I took last place and looked like a complete sap in 2019, 2021, I ended up taking winning two pro cards in one show. You know what I mean? And um, at best health of my life, it's a passion of mine to just share this love of this sport and this art and this lifestyle with other people, especially folks around my age group. Yeah, dude, that's awesome stuff. And, uh, you know, just to kind of give a little bit of a brief background, which if anybody's listened to my channel for any period of time now, they'll know. Um, <clears throat> I was 23 and I was 250 pounds. And uh, I started having like knee pains, back pains and stuff like that. And, um, you know, as once again, anybody will know I'm a mechanic for a living and I just figured, okay, well, you know, we'll just chalk it up to I'm aging. So this is normal. Right. Which is, it sounds really, really funny to me now, because now that I'm 70 pounds lighter, I'm like, holy shit. Like I am in like, you know, much like you in the best shape of my life. And I feel so much better. But, um, one thing I kind of wanted to also bring it back to is that, um, you had mentioned doing your bodybuilding show and you said, oh, I look like a sap, but I took last place. Um, one thing I don't think people really understand, and I think this really hot was highlighted throughout 2020 and onward, um, people really overestimate how healthy they actually are until they get to a point where you're reasonably lean and you know you lost a decent bit of weight and you realize, oh, I actually did have a lot of weight to lose and a lot of room to improve. So um, now obviously you were in a bodybuilding show, so you're already in like the upper, you know, 90th percentile of people who are lean, but um, kind of detail that out about like, did you have a similar experience that like you didn't realize how much room there actually was oh. between you and a better you? Bro, so this is even after, I'm going to see if you can see this picture. This is in 2019, May of 2019. My son and I went to Paisley Park over in Minneapolis. And I don't know if you can see that picture, but yeah. I mean, dude, I, I definitely had Santa Claus belly going on. You're okay. Right. And um, that was even after dropping some weight. I think at that point, I might have dropped like 20 pounds. And um, so, yeah, as I was starting to finally see a six pack for the first time in my life, I, at that point, I was like, I think I was about 175 pounds. I started roughly around 250, 260. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've lost almost 100 pounds. And in order to get that kind of shredded, that would require me to actually perhaps place better than, you know, top 10, I still got a ways to go. I was 159 pounds before I got up on stage. I'm like, that's freshman in high school weight. You know <laughs> what I mean? And yeah, you don't realize just how far you really got to go to get to where you are, you know, lean enough to be up on stage, lean enough to be healthy. And I probably was that at like 180, but lean enough to be up on stage. Oh yeah. It, you know, you, you look like you've been smoking crack for about 
10 years by the time you're about two weeks out from the show. Right. So one thing that I think you and I could probably also touch on a lot is uh, this insane and insatiable desire to be just completely shredded. Because when I was 250, once again, I thought I was healthy just because I worked out. And I would see all these other people who were like in way better shape. I'm like, man, I wish I looked like that. But, you know, I could probably look like that pretty quick. And then once again, I lost about 70 pounds. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I, I actually still have a ways to go where I'm at right now where I could float around 185. And like I got like, I don't want to say full on visual abs. But you could see the outlines. Mm -hmm. I, I would say I'm anywhere between probably 14 to like 19% body fat, somewhere in that sure. range. Uh, you know, obviously the way that everyone carries fat is going to be a little bit different. But um. I still get this desire, like I got to get a little bit leaner and then sometimes got to pull the reels back and just say, okay, it's okay to just stay where you're at and be happy with that. Um, once again, when you kind of got to a little bit lighter and leaner, did you feel the same way? And I feel like you can especially elaborate on this because I can see your pictures in the back and you look absolutely phenomenal. But once you're that lean and shredded, you realize you don't have that much energy available at any time. So you feel like dog shit. Dude, I am surprised my wife didn't find another man last year. Um, so, I mean, so there, I was really concerned. Um, so, you know, I don't do the TRT or any of the stuff. Not that I have anything against people who do. I just didn't do it, right? Honestly, just didn't want to try to spend the money on it. it it's not like that stuff is cheap. So, I knew that as far as my hormone levels were concerned, it was only going to be dropped down for a while. But probably around eight weeks out um, before that, because, you know, you're really depriving yourself of calories. You're depriving yourself of uh, some of the macronutrients that your body really – there's nothing – Rob Goodwin says it himself. There's nothing healthy about contest prep, okay? So there's points where uh, I hated Rob at this point, but he had me down to like 1,300 calories. Okay? Holy crap. I could eat 1,300 calories in a snack. Most people can eat 1,300 calories in oh, a yeah. snack. This was an entire day. So there would be times that uh, the missus might want to actually be loved by her husband. And I'm like, you should have asked me to do this four hours ago because there is nothing in the tank right now. <laughs> nothing. Uh, you know, I can't even fake it. And so, yeah, there is parts of contest prep, especially if you're staying natty, that is, it's going to, it's going to kill you. So communication is the key, gentlemen. Um, I, for, women probably have low libidos too during contest prep, but, you know, because their body still has to do things too. But for dudes, yeah. Um, the blood just wasn't going where it needed to go at times. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's pretty funny. So, um, like I said, you and I, I both kind of also talked about this a little bit, having body image issues. So when I was in like middle school and high school, and it sounds like such a girly thing to talk about, but it does affect men too. <laughs> um, you know, I was made fun of for being fat and stuff like that. And um, in a way, it was kind of good for me because I realized, all right, well, now I'm 28 and a lot of kids I went to high school are fat. And they looked way better than me back then. But then I realized, okay, now I got one over on you fuckers because I look way better. <laughs> and right. I maintained it, right? Um, but there is something to not feeling good enough about the skin that you're in. But, um, you know, I I'm, it is something that I still battle with every here and there mm -hmm. um, as a person who used to be a little bit more obese. And it seems like you're kind of in the same boat, or at yes. least were. Yep, yep. Uh, I, you know... 
if you ever went to a Crowley family reunion, even at my heaviest, I was one of the skinnier people. Uh, we're, we're a pretty big family. We're a bunch of Chicago folks that uh, like our pizza, like our beer. Um, I'm Irish, so I like my whiskey, too. And, uh, yeah, being a big kid was just always something. And I can't think of, um, I can't think of, a, like, a week go by that I didn't get a fat joke. You know what I'm saying? And uh, even as an older person in my 30s, getting fat jokes. And then... I would look at pictures. I never, you know, like you, I, I would work out a lot. Oh my gosh. I would swing a kettlebell till the cows came home. And I think there was some bullshit marketing with kettlebells. Oh, you can swing a kettlebell 50 times and you don't have to go on a diet. Yes, you do. All right. No matter what exercise program you're doing, you still have to be in a caloric uh, deficit to lose weight. Right. Anyway. Um, so yeah, the whole like the fat jokes and everything else, and then trying to deflect by picking on someone else who was either just as fat or fatter than you. Yeah, it's it's it sucks, you know what I mean? And your self-esteem is just completely down. But what is awesome, like you said, a lot of folks that I went to high school with that were like these jocks that used to say that shit, some of them are still living with their parents, and I'm I'll be 50 in a couple of years, so haha, I got one on you fuckers. But uh, you know, the uh, yeah, a lot of them have gotten a lot bigger. And what's really cool is some of my buddies from high school have reached out to me going, you know, Chris, your story, you I I was a Insta a Facebook whore for the past two years, you know, posting up my progress yeah. pics, right? Um, a lot of them are like, Chris, you really inspired me. And now I'm changing my health around and I'm getting in great shape. And the feeling that is just so euphoric, knowing that sharing, you know, what what I what I did to get myself where I'm at today has helped other people. Beautiful. But then but the like body dysmorphia, man, after that show. So I did um, I did Dave uh, Dave Bauer show in Indianapolis uh, last year and i'm glad i did because i just found out he's retiring from the business right and then i did the show that um with national muscle association where i got my pro card um you know so i was super lean and everything else well of course you don't stay that lean because it's unhealthy and then all of a sudden here i am putting the weight back on i'm getting i was almost like 195 pounds and you want to talk about going into a depression because you're just you almost identify yourself with having the six pack abs and walking around with the shoulders and the small waist. And you know what I mean? It's, you have to learn how to be comfortable with the process. Cause if you're going to continue to do this, you're not always going to be 5% body fat. You might get as far up as 15 and Thanksgiving comes around. Christmas comes around. New Year's Eve comes around. Remember it's not what you eat between Thanksgiving and New Year's that gets you fat. It's what you eat between New Year's Eve and Thanksgiving that's going to get you fat. So enjoy the holidays, folks. That's all I can. Yeah, well, and to kind of go on to your point there, um, one thing that really hurt me, I felt, I did a carnivore diet for about two and a half years, mm -hmm. and there's something satisfying about <clears throat> the weight loss that I experienced and all the issues that I kind of solved with that. But um, the one thing that I never quite realized until I was kind of out of that was how much I actually restricted myself and how poorly constructed my diet was. And it was really kind of a lazy man's way of to get to get healthy, because right. if you're only eating fat and protein, that's pretty hard to get 3000 calories a day, which is a little bit more than my maintenance. I think my maintenance is like anywhere from like 2750 to like 2900 calories a day. Um, okay. 
it's really hard to get that many calories from just fat unless you're, you know, chugging butter and eating the fattiest ribeyes you can for lunch and dumping butter and bacon into your ground beef for lunch. Um, I just wasn't eating good. enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it'd be delicious, but once again, you know. What's going on, guys? Um, we're going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about these show sponsors and the way that you can support me and this podcast. Um, I'm sponsored by Axe and Sledge. Won't really focus in here, but uh, right here in my hand, I have their um, the grind, which is essential amino acids and hydration. Um, feel free to check it out. Um, this is your mom's sweet peach. They have some awesome flavors and awesome names. They also have multivitamins, fat burners, creatine, beta, beta alanine, um, all sorts of different supplements to help you get all jacked and tan and help you become a person more full of uh, liberty and health as this show is about. So um, if you want to support me and support this podcast, then feel free to go to axandsledge.com and check out um, all their great supplements there and use code Matovic10, that's M-A-T-O-V-C-I-K-1-0 at checkout for a little discount and to let them know I sent you their way. All right, everybody. Thanks. Now back on to the show. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what would happen for me is I'd be good for a week and then I'd binge. I'd be good for a week and then I'd binge. And this was a nonstop cycle for me. Um, so since I've gone to like more of a flexible dieting approach, I find that that's very, very sustainable for me. And I'm thinking it's about time to make a change. Probably after my wedding here in less than two months, I'll probably, I don't know if I want to do a bulk. I'm, I'm still kind of throwing ideas up in the air of what I'm going to do, but, uh, it was an experience and it was cool to kind of go into these carnivore groups and explain to people like, Hey, this isn't a be all end all diet. And this isn't going to be just, you get to eat everything in front of you all the time and you'll never gain weight. And then kind of seeing people's feedback and then them getting back to me saying, Hey, I improved my health by doing this. Or even having people outside come up to me and say, Hey, you know, I quit eating so much of this. I started eating this. And now, you know, since I've ran the show now for almost a year, which is like fucking insane to me. <laughs> I have people saying, Hey, what can I do to start improving my health? And I, I feel like a lot of people kind of want the, the hammer dropped on them and told you, you can't eat this. You can't eat that. You have to work out six days a week. And usually my first thing is, okay, well, what are you eating right now? Um, let's try and get a little bit more protein in. Can you walk after a meal? Let's do that. Are you training? No, if not, maybe try to just work out like two, three days a week. Let's start you there and let's check back in a couple of weeks. Um, I know you're a coach and I'm a certified personal coach through ISSA, but I've never coached anybody. I just kind of give people a little bit of advice. Um, what are your kind of general guidelines when it comes to giving people like their first few starting steps? Like someone comes up to you, like you or I would have been a few years ago and said, Hey, Chris, I want to improve my health. I want to be Jack and Tan. Where do I start? Uh, so the first place to start is, first of all, you know, no matter where you're at, recognize that it's possible, okay? Don't quit beating yourself up for what happened in the past because the thing about the past is it's it's in the rear view, all right? Focus on today and focus on the rest of your life because uh, a great song by uh, Matt Marr, um, Love Will Hold Us Together, one of the lyrics there is, this is the first day of the rest of your life. So keep that in mind, all right? One of the first things that I think about is automatically recognize, as Dr. Ted Naiman, who you've had on your show, he says, we are all bodybuilders. A bodybuilder is a reflection of your diet and exercise 
or lack thereof. All right. Whether you decide to wear the spray tan and a speedo, or you just want to look good naked, you're still a bodybuilder. All right. Uh, so get that in mind right away. Start thinking like one. And I'm not talking about you know that douchebag that's on Instagram every two minutes talking about hashtag gains. I'm talking about think like one. What you're going to put in your mouth, the stuff you're going to do at the gym, the activity outside of the gym, and getting the rest and everything else. Start thinking that way. I'd say get obsessed, but okay, yeah, get obsessed. Think that way, right? Uh, as far as your workout, your workouts are concerned. Six days a week, if you're running gear, is fantastic. If you aren't running gear, three to four, all right? Maybe five, but three to four for sure. I say find yourself a coach that uh, has your best interest in mind. Um, some of some of them are just going to say, sure, I'll get you ready for a bodybuilding contest in 12 weeks when he or she really should be telling you, yeah, we can get you in a bodybuilding contest maybe two years from now. All right. Great. So find one that's going to have your best interest in mind. Not someone who's going to be a dickhead. You don't need to find somebody who's going to be like the drill instructor off a full metal jacket, but you also don't need somebody who's going to tell you that everything is a bunch of rainbow farts and unicorn, you know, uh, teardrops or whatever. Just Find somebody who's going to, that really made no sense, whatever, but you know what I'm saying. Um, find somebody who's going to have your best interests in mind and make you feel comfortable. Um, and then I think something that is super duper important is make health a habit. All right. Um, Pavel Satseline says in one of his books, and I don't know which one, but he's talking about we had a conversation with his wife. And it's like, if you work out one hour a day, but then you sit on your butt 23 hours a day watching Netflix, eating rice cakes, you know, whatever. What's your body going to look like? That one hour that you were at the gym or the 23 hours you were sitting at home? When you're at the grocery store, if you're capable, park super far back. Be that obnoxious asshole that's parking super far back and your wife's going, really, we're parking this far back? Yes, because everything throughout the day is going to add up. It's called NEAT. Non-exercise activity thermogenesis, I think, is the proper term. Yeah, you're right. That's just fancy terms for move. Get up off the couch, take the stairs instead of the elevator, park further back, carry the groceries from the cart to your car as opposed to the cart to the car if you have, you know, not that many groceries. Just be active, man. I mean, God didn't create us to sit in a chair all day, even though you and I are sitting in a chair right now. God created, I mean, we were hunting our food or we died many, many, many civilizations ago. Now, all we got to do, we can get up, get on our phone and have someone else pick up our groceries for us because we're too lazy to go to the store ourselves. Just don't do that. Don't be lazy. Live your life. Be active. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree with all that. And um, I like that you put it in the terminology of kind of like embodying health, right? It mm -hmm. shouldn't just be something... He's such a dick. <laughs> he, he really, really wants this ball. Um, don't let it be just something that's like, uh, well, this is a couple minutes of the day. This is just something that I like to do over here and there. Um, I like it framed as this is what I do, right? Yes. Like going to the gym is part of what I do. Like this isn't something that is a hobby. This is like part of my personality, right? Yes. And the benefits and the way that you feel after you've kind of achieved a little bit of a better, um, you know, a more holistic profile of health for yourself. Um, I just can't describe it to people in a correct way. Right. Because 
I feel like it's something that we're entitled to. And it's something that our ancestors would have wanted for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the amount of mental clarity and even digestive issues and even like the mental fog that's gone from me versus the me of three years ago is astounding to me. And I think that like we are as people entitled to this. And I know that has like a lot of connotations to it, but I truly do believe that health is something that we should all strive for. And it's something that our bodies are entitled to is to being the best ourselves that we can be. Oh, for sure. Um, You can look, you know, you, you can see the, the cross in the background. I'm sorry that I've dropped a couple F-bombs and all of that stuff as far as anybody who's going, hey, you're a Christian, you're dropping an F-bomb. Well, I'm not perfect. Um, there's two things that you carry around with yourself everywhere you go, your body and your soul. Now, your soul, of course, has a forever destination, so you really want to make sure you're taking care of that. But this jar of clay that God gives us, I'm sorry, folks, if you're fully capable of moving around, I have friends that are still doing pull-ups even though they're in a full-on wheelchair, right? And they would love to have the mobility that, you know, that Kyle and I have, right? Uh, if you have mobility and if you're capable of exercise, which is, again, it's just a fancy word for movement, you, in my opinion, are obligated to take care of this shell that carries around your soul. I'm, I don't work out just to add days to my life. I work out to add life to my days, all right? For example, you're a musician. We're both musicians. Now that you're healthier and you're sitting there like you're rocking a guitar solo, man, you're probably arching your back and just getting all like sort of like white snake out on it. You know, I'm sitting there doing the rock star squat on the lead singer. And then, you know, in the middle of something, I'm like squatting down real low, acting all silly. When I was 250 pounds, I would need a walker after that. But, you know, it's like I can be energetic all the time. I'm waking up at 4.30, Monday through Friday, not on Saturdays. Monday through Friday, I'm up at 4.30. I'm hitting that cold shower, and I'm just ready to seize the day. And I attribute that 100% to being in a much better physical state than I was three, four years ago. Right, yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. I'm up at uh, 4.30 pretty much every single day, including Saturday and Sunday. Um, And this was one thing that took me a Actually, it was probably one of the last things health-wise to really kind of settle in for me is how much recovery um, actually like means to your overall health. Like if you're sleeping like shit and you're not doing the right things outside the gym and your diet isn't lined up correctly, then you're going to be completely screwed. Um, where did recovery kind of come in for you, especially when you were dieting? Because this is something that I think a lot of people kind of miss the mark on. So, all right. Um, to backtrack a little bit, I did my first show in 2019, then I did another show in 2020. I did okay. I didn't do great, but I showed the world that I actually belonged in the sport. Um, <clears throat> but I really didn't have most of the knowledge that I have now from all the learning I've done. And I really just, I looked up on YouTube, like, uh, different people's bodybuilding routines and uh, I came across Chris Bumstead, who I think is the GOAT, right? And I was following his program that he put on YouTube. It was a six-day routine. Well, no offense to Chris Bumstead, but he's younger than me, for one, so he can recover quicker. And two, yeah, he might be using some things that help him exogenously that I'm not using. So that six-day-a-week program was beating the living shit out of me. Mm-hmm. It was when I finally got out of my own ego, listened to other people that had my best interest in mind, namely Rob Goodwin, was like, hey, Chris, you're overtraining, man. 
your body you should hit each body part once per week and let your body rest first of all you're closer to 50 than 40 second of all you're not running gear so you have to you have to let your body relax once i finally got on my once i finally said okay maybe i'm not always right because i found something on youtube and i started doing that it's like wow the the difference is just it's been amazing you know especially you know you're I'm old enough to be your dad, but for those of us who I'm not old enough to be their dad, you're going to get a lot more re results out of just recovery. Go into the gym, beat the heck out of yourself on that particular body part on that day, wait a week, come back. All right. I now my program. So like every four weeks is kind of different. Like Monday through Friday will be like chest, back, arms, legs. And then on Friday, It'll be a push-pull day, but it's more like a metabolic conditioning type of thing. I'm not killing myself. I'm just doing, like, some CrossFit type stuff. And then the next four weeks, I'll start with legs, back, chest, arms, and I'll do another, like, metabolic conditioning on the legs. But, again, I'm not destroying myself. I'm just having a fun day. You know what I mean? And then Saturday and Sunday, I'm chilling out. I'm still walking the dog who I don't know where he's at right now, so he's probably chewing something that my wife's going to yell at me for later. But, uh you know, just you chill out. Sunday, uh, folks, I'm, I'm hitting church. I'm a Catholic, so I'm probably hitting the penalty box before I get to Mass. And then, uh, then I'm relaxing. And then Monday, it's starting all over again. All right. Yeah, um, that was kind of one thing that I had to change up recently because um, I'm sure if you've uh, seen push-pull legs kind of become the big thing as of lately. Right. And I, uh, I did it, I want to say, actually – late 2020 i did it and i got good results because i'd never subjected my muscles to that kind of volume before and especially splitting it up throughout the week and i went to full body training which i thought was really really cool and it was really weird for me because i was doing like a bro split for years before that sure and then um i finally came back around to push pull legs because i got such good results the first time and um i was at the point where i was starting to do <laughs> i would deadlift twice a week and i would always do 405 for anywhere from three to eight reps. And my record with 405 pounds on the deadlift was 12 reps, but that was at the trap bar. And uh, I, I I don't know if I necessarily injured myself, but I, it, it fucked me up enough that pretty much if I, you know, would take my car ride into work, which is about 40 minutes, um, I'd get out of the car and it would hurt to bend over. So um, yeah. I'm still kind of working on it a little bit. I don't deadlift right now. I do still other hip hinging movements sure. like uh, hip thrusts, cable pull throughs and stuff like that. But I've now gone to a uh, upper lower split and okay. I'm kind of seeing how that's going to go right now. I'm starting off pretty easy. I'm not going absolutely to failure yet. Um, my volume is still relatively lower. I'm just doing four days a week rather than, you know, six days a week, everything pretty much to failure or well, the last set of every single muscle to failure. Now it's more, okay, well, we're going to go to like three reps in reserve. And then probably next week, I'm going to kick it down to like one rep in reserve. And then sure. um, maybe on like weeks, you know, four through five, I'll start taking everything to failure again. Not everything, but you know, but the last rep of right. each muscle set to failure. Sure. Um, it, it was difficult for me to say, all right, well, we're going to back off because I'm sure once you get the bug to work out, you just don't right. want to stop. Like you have to be there. So, um, is that kind of like a similar experience for you too, where it's kind of like difficult to roll back? Yeah, man. Cause it's like, 
you know, when you're in the gym, especially when you've embraced this whole, like, this is part of me, not just something I do. Um, it's almost like, it's like, you feel like, you know, some of you might, might watch some of those bodybuilding motivation videos on YouTube or something like that. Right. And then you're in there and you're just killing it. It's almost like you feel like you're that dude in that video. Right. And you're, <laughs> You don't want to stop. You're like, yeah, I'm just killing it. I'm killing it. I'm killing it. And then, you know, muscle soreness is something that's going to happen, but that's not always a sign of you had a really good workout. Sometimes that's a sign of, hey, knucklehead, you're going to hurt yourself. Okay. Um, you know, pump the brakes a little bit and, you know, uh, relax because you, you, you had a great workout where you're right. They're taking, you know, maybe one or two sets to failure. Um, I don't, I don't have workout partners because they're, you know, the thing is about workout partners, if you keep, if, if they're not reliable and you're waiting a half hour for them to show up, you just wasted a half hour. You know what I mean? So um, I don't have workout partners. So I, I'm really limited on some of the things I can do to failure if it's not on a machine. So, you know, like, well, obviously you can't do deadlift to failure with a spotter because, you know, whatever. I mean, you got to have someone there to help you, whatever. But, you know, you're like, you got to do, um, you got to do your workouts. You got to be smart about them and recognize that sometimes you're not going to have the you know, pump chasing is great, but it's not exactly the end all be all of every workout. Get in, be intense, be honest with yourself. You already know that you, you know, if, if you get done with that workout and you say to yourself, I really didn't get everything in, I needed to get done today. All right, well, chalk it up, but tomorrow don't do that again. Yeah, yeah. So um, one thing that I've actually tried to hit on to people is, um, well, two things, actually, and I want your thoughts on them as well. Um, deloads, like somebody had just texted me the other day who was on the show recently. He said, hey, man, I'm looking to lose some weight. And he was explaining to me his training. He's like, yeah, I'm doing this cardio before I, I just do some walking and I take some of my sets of I'm like, all right, well, why don't we deload first? Like, let's reduce your volume to resensitize you. Take right. it easy for a week. And then the next week, let's start maybe go go a little hard, but don't go to complete failure. And when it comes to weight loss, one thing I used to think is, okay, quick weight loss, right? We should just try to fucking drop it as quick as possible. Right. Um, as I've learned more and more, I'm beginning to think that that's not the way. Now, there's happy medium here because in my situation, um, I wanted to lose like 10 pounds, 10, 15 pounds um, over the course of like, about like four or five months. Well, sure. I didn't factor in vacations and stuff like that. So, you know, ultimately I did a little bit of yo-yoing, but not like ridiculously, but enough to put me back a little bit. So you kind of want to, at least in my estimation, you don't want to lose the weight too slow, but you also don't want to lose it too fast because you lose it too slow or too fast, then you're going to feel like dog shit when you train and you're probably right. going to lose muscle. If you lose yeah. it too slow, then you compromise your chances of staying to it because you're restricting no matter what. And even if you don't feel restricted, still at some level, you know, like, okay, well, I have to stop eating at some point and I can't, you know, your quality of life is going to suffer because sure. let's face it, you're losing weight. So um, I guess to pose it in a question, um, what are your thoughts about deloading and what are your thoughts on the speed and velocity of weight loss? So as far as deloading is concerned, you've got to listen to your body. All right. Um, I don't necessarily prescribe deload weeks or anything like that, but I know for myself and for some of the folks that I've coached are like, Hey, Chris, 
I'm really hurting today, but I know that today is like chest day or something like that. It's okay. Well, how bad are you hurting? Are you hurting so bad that if you went into the gym today, you're going to be injured or are you just feeling a little bit lethargic? If you're feeling just a little bit lethargic, get in there and let's say you're normally benching 225, start off with 95 and chill and just get a feel for the motion. All right. Mm -hmm. And then maybe don't even go up past 135. Relax. And then when you're only doing four sets, do three. Relax. Just don't make, make this the one day and then next week we're going to, we're going to kill it. Um, and then there are sometimes, especially like after a contest or something like that, maybe taking a week off isn't necessarily a bad idea, but a week off, not a couple weeks off, take yeah. a week off, come back stronger. Weight loss, 100%. I'm right there with you. Um, it's for men. It's basically about 0.75 to at tops 1.5% of your body weight being lost per week. For women, it's basically more like 0.5 to maybe 1%, but 0.75 is about the sweet spot. And men, about 1% is the sweet spot. Because um, you're right. If you lose too much weight per week, you're going to be cutting into muscle. You're going to cut into muscle anyway just because that's just the way our body likes to mess with us just a little bit. But when you're cutting into too much muscle, muscle is really the fountain of youth and the thing that's going to flexibility and strength are what's going to keep you alive a lot, right? For a, for a while and have a good quality of life. Um, so using the scale as a tool, but not as the end all be all of your existence, use that as a tool. Cause you had it, Kyle, some of the weeks you weigh four pounds one week and you're like, oh my gosh, that's well past that 1% that I was just supposed to lose this week. Calm down. Some of it's water, I'm sure. All right. And then the next week you lost maybe 0.5 pounds, right? So you want to use two things. You want to use the mirror and you want to use the scale. All right. And maybe take pictures. I mean, folks, <laughs> you don't need a Polaroid anymore. You got this. You know what I mean? So take pictures weeks a week, you know, front, back, side to side. Take it in, uh, you know, Saturday morning after you've used the bathroom. Get on the scale, see what the weight is from one week to the next. Sometimes it's going to stay. Sometimes it's going to, you want it to go down. You don't want it to go up. Excuse me. This is during your weight loss phase, right? Then take your pictures. Having a coach is really good on this because sometimes you're going to play mental tricks on yourself. Oh, well, I'm just a little bit bloated. Uh, no bullshit. Your coach is going to tell you, hey, uh, you didn't follow the diet this week, did you? Because I can see there's a little bit more spare tire than there was last week, right? So you want you want to be do, use those different tools. Using the scale is a great tool, but again, folks, don't worship the scale. Just recognize it's a tool. You can do the fat, you know, the fat calipers and all that other stuff, but I don't think it's I don't think it's really that necessary. The, some bodybuilders are going to tell me I'm a moron, but look, the judges aren't doing a DEXA scan. Right. Judges aren't taking fat calipers. The judges are looking at you about 97% naked and saying, this guy looks better than this guy at 97% naked. They're not, there's not a scale on the stage. There's not, you know, there's not fat calipers. There's you, a smile and a spray tan and not much else. So focus on what the mirror says, the camera says, and the scale is just there as a tool to make sure you're, prog you're progressing correctly. Yeah, no, I think that's all really, really good advice. And um, I would definitely implore people to watch the weight loss and try not to go above 
one to a percent and a half of your body weight per yeah. week. Um, yeah. I, like I said, I think some people just get really, really myopic about the scale and say, oh, it's all mm-hmm. about the number dropping. And I get it because we've all been there, especially as people who were formerly obese. Um, oh. it, if I can, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it's also no, it's okay. it's marketing. Think about it. I mean, we live in America, which is the greatest country in the world, right? But the, we it's a consumerist society and it's also a quick fix now. Right. You know, one of the reasons why, right. The reason why so many of us would rather pop a pill as opposed to do the work is because the pill popping says, well, you're going to lose 12 pounds in three weeks. You probably will, but what kind of 12 pounds is it? And is it just the, you can go from a big pair to a little pair. You're still fat. Or do you want to lose three pounds? But now when you take your shirt off, you know, the, the girls at the pool are noticing that your abs are peeking out a little bit. Right. What is it you're wanting? You know, it's not about just the weight. It's about what the weight looks like. Yeah. If I was 225 pounds, but I looked like Lee Priest, thank you. You know, <laughs> right. so, <laughs> you know, but if I'm, look, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to walk around normally around 175, 170 to look the kind of body that I want. But it's, it's if even if that meant even if I'm 185 and I got the body I want, then that's, you know, more power to me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one thing that I think a lot of people have a hard time grappling with is your genetics do play a role. And Mm -hmm. sometimes to cop out, but like, even when I was 250 pounds, um, this is so funny to me. Um, I was blessed with good calves. That's it. (laughs) Everywhere else, I kind of got the short end of the stick on. But like my mom is a 5'4 Dago woman. And I could say Dago because look, my my great uncle's name was Camillo Bianco, right? I'm I'm about Italian as a day is long. Um, I I still had very, very, very defined calves at 250 pounds. Now that I'm 185, they're way more defined. There's vascularity. But that's just my genetics. Your genetics are going to be different. Your genetics may determine that your calves can't get that vascular, may not even get that big. Your genetics may determine that your body fat set point may not be able to go as low as some people. And this is a problem with social media is that essentially you're always going to be blasting or get blasted with pictures of people with abs and shredded and they look great. And that may not be possible for you. Could you get there? Sure. But the reality is when you get there, you may not be as happy as you think. Right. Right. You know, what I love about social media is being able to connect with people like you and me. Without it, we never would have met, you know, digitally or not. Um, So it's great for that. Uh, Not so great with people that will troll you because you happen to like someone more than someone else. Right. Or heaven forbid you vote differently than someone else. Right. Um, But, uh, you know, it's. But it, it, it does put some really crazy expectations on folks. And there's so, so many people out in the Instagram and Facebook world, Twitterverse, whatever the hell, that they're putting out a persona that, and they filter the heck out of their images. All right? oh, yeah. They're putting out a persona and a uh, reality that doesn't necessarily exist. Like you hear about the fake natties out there. I don't know a specific one to call any out but the ones that'll be just jacked and they say oh i'm 100 natural so here's a guy who's a natty who's like man i i can't get like that and they get discouraged right you know so you're 
looking at someone else as someone to inspire you to push yourself is one thing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, though, I think the best thing to do is push yourself to be the best Chris Crowley or the Kyle that you could be mm -hmm. at the stage of the life that you're at and know that you've put everything behind what you're doing and just that's where you're going to be happy. I, I know I'm never going to look like some of these dudes that, you know, like Kiyoshi Moody was like six time Mr. Natural Olympia. Mm. I'm never going to look like him. I don't have his genetics. And I also started bodybuilding 25 years too late, but I'm definitely happy with where I'm at. I plan on leaving my legacy in the sport somehow one way or another. If anything, it's just to show folks, even if you're pushing 50, you know, or you got a lot more days behind you instead of ahead of you, it's never too late to get in the best shape you can possibly get into yeah, no, I completely agree with all that. Yeah, I definitely won't ever look like Ronnie Coleman because I don't have what? Ronnie Coleman's genetics. Even what? if you pump me full of every single drug that he did, twice the mm -hmm. dose, you know, triple the dose, three times a day, I will still never look like Ronnie Coleman. But I mean, I may look better. But once again, sure. I mean, I've also built the body that I have right now through 10 years of hard training. <laughs> it's yeah. not that, and really, I only squared in my training about three years ago. But even at that, um, it's still not a guarantee that you're going to look even good at all sometimes, but sure. this is the thing. And this is what I like about weightlifting so much and what really makes um, its refutation of this kind of globalist agenda that a lot of people kind of want to push on us. I know that's a completely separate tangent, but um, we can go there though. I'm oh yeah. To. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> but um, Your body is unique to you. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of why it, I'm starting to scratch my head at the whole transgender movement. And not that I don't think people should do what they want to do so long as they're adults and have full sure. knowledge of what they're going to undergo. Um, what makes you, you is incredibly unique, right? The way that I sing with my singer, Jen, is going to be completely unique to us, right? right. Um, the way that she sings and records, uh, I'll never forget. I was just on somebody else's show recently talking about it, but um it was really cool to see the engineer try to pitch correct her voice and literally tell her like, I can't do anything with this because you're so spot on. But you know what? The thing that's beautiful about that is that that's her. She worked her ass off for that, right? Ronnie mm -hmm. Coleman worked his ass off for his physique. You worked your ass off to get onto the bodybuilding stage. I worked my ass off to get to where I am right now. We have, you know, the blessings that were given by whatever you may believe in. Sure. And it is like I kind of was touching on earlier. I think it's our birthright to see what this, you know, being can do. Yes. Yes. Um, so going through, you know, wanting to share my passion with other folks, um, I came across this guy. His name is Evan Carmichael. He writes a couple different books. One was Built to Serve and another one's called Momentum. And in it, uh, I, I, you know, I want to make sure I give the proper credit, and I'm going to be paraphrasing, but he says, we all have a Michael Jordan in us in one form or another. You have to find what that is. And obviously, Michael Jordan, as great as he is, he wasn't born the household name of Michael Jordan. He was busting his ass to be Michael Jordan. What is your Michael Jordan? Bust your ass and be that. You know, and... You know, if you're watching this, folks, you're watching a television show on an Internet channel across the globe or whatever. This, these are first world problems. So you really need 
to recognize that you are just blessed for being here. There's people in other countries that are having to drink water downstream that someone else just took a dump in. And you're living in a country where you're bitching that your power went out for a couple of minutes because there was a thunderstorm. So stop bitching and do something. You know, be chase your dreams because when you die, those dreams die with you. So don't don't do it. Don't let the dreams die with you. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely couldn't agree more. And it, it, there is something to kind of taking a set to failure and knowing that you kind of left it all on the table or hitting mm -hmm. the numbers on the bar. I remember when I did my first 500 pound deadlift, um, I think I was 185 pounds and I fucking hit it. And I'm like, I did that. And I That's was amazing. working at, I can't tell you how many times I approached the bar, get it off the ground and had to put it back down because I couldn't make it or would go up to the bar, try to pull it and it didn't move. Um, the thing that's cool about stuff like that is that it's always objective. Um, CT Fletcher says that iron, you know, it, iron's easy. Did you pick it up or not? Um, yeah. That, that's what I always loved about it. Um, so we've been shooting the shit for about 45 minutes. I wanted to kind of do a little bit of a pivot. And this is kind of like just the most generic question in the world, but I love asking people it because um, depending on where you were, what was going on around you, everybody has a different answer. And it's really cool to see everybody's perspective on this. Um February 2020, we're hearing about this, you know, Kung flu going on across the planet yeah. and everybody's saying, oh, it's just a cold. It's just a cold. And by my assessment, pretty much the entire time it was, but sure. um, so March, 2020 comes around and I remember being in Fogo de Chao with my girlfriend, now fiance, and I have a picture on my phone and I'll never delete it. And I, I actually almost want to print it out because this is how unique this was. I remember getting a text on my phone saying that Pittsburgh has declared a state of emergency. And I remember mm -hmm. looking around thinking, huh, well, everything still looks pretty fucking normal. And I want to say it was yeah. March 14th, 2020. Little did I know that my life was about to change and every, the entire face of the planet was going mm -hmm. to change within that next you know week or two. Yeah. So um, I know it's a little bit of a long tangent, but uh, – all right, guys. Um, I am absolutely thrilled with the uh, show's new sponsor. Um, I am now sponsored and uh, have an affiliate through LMNT Electrolytes. Um, I have used these electrolytes for years. Um, back when I used to do a lot of fasting, in fact, I used to drink. Sometimes I want to say up to seven a day, seven little packets. So um, the packets are full of all the electrolytes that you need to perform and hydrate yourself properly. Um, you need sodium for pretty much every single function in your body, despite what um, a lot of people may tell you. Um, sodium doesn't actually cause a lot of the issues that uh, people kind of would have you believe. So um, just real quick to give you a little bit of facts. Um, you don't need sugar to hydrate. Electrolytes and water don't require glucose to pass through the gut. The average American consumes over 60 pounds of sugar a year. And um, when it comes to athletic performance, um, you can actually lose up to seven grams per day in hot climate. So um, make sure you click on the affiliate link below to get all your hydration needs. And like I said, I'm super stoked to have these guys um, teamed up with the podcast and uh, just make sure you get your uh, electrolytes through Element. All right, guys, thanks. Where was and what was Chris Crowley doing on mid-March 2020 and what did it so, look like? Man, I tell you what, it was an evolution that, you know... Politically, I pretty much sit pretty far right, okay? Um, when it was coming around 
at first, I was like, oh, shit, this might actually be a thing. Because you were watching some of your friends posting stuff about in China where it was hitting. There were people like just dropping like flies at the at the bus station or something like that, right? So I'm like, huh, there might be something to this at first. And then I live in Ohio, and Governor DeWine is a piece of shit. Um, and he, you know, so when people were saying it's going to be two weeks to flatten the curve, you know, I've lived long enough to know that when the government says anything's going to be two weeks, it's going to be two decades. All right. They, because you know, the way you can tell a politician is lying is a religion. Right. So here I am in Ohio. And so when the first thing starts happening, you're watching Fox News, which fuck them, but you're watching Fox News and like California is doing one thing, then New York is doing their thing, New Jersey's doing their thing. And here comes little tiny DeWine doing. I'm going to do something really, really close, but I'm going to be just maybe a step to the right. Like, you know, everyone's going to have to wear masks unless, of course, you have a medical exemption and no one can ask you what that medical exemption is. Okay, fine. So the politicians are doing their thing. But then the individual people in this country, what I learned in just that year, I learned, including my friends, families, and coworkers, who would be the persons to help hide Anne Frank and who would be the people to turn Anne Frank in? Okay. And I also learned it was like if social media was around back during, you know, Hitler's time, he probably would have won because people would have been taking their selfies going, look at me, I'm going in the boxcar for safety. Everyone became most people became a fucking automaton. They were just like, I'm just going to do whatever the government tells me because they have my best interest in mind. When has that ever been the case? If you ever, if you still trust your government, you have never read a history book, ever, okay? And I got really disgusted with people in law enforcement and people in the military in America, not other countries, but in America, because they take an oath to the Constitution. And then at the end of that oath, I took that oath back in 95 when I joined the Marine Corps. At the end of that oath, you say, so help me God. All right. Now, if you don't believe in God, then those words mean nothing to you. But if you do, then the oath you made to God, if you turn on and said, well, I'm just following orders. On something you know was violating civil liberties, something you know was you knew deep down in your soul this was wrong to, you know, be a New York cop and busting up some six year old's birthday party at McDonald's because they weren't wearing masks. Shame on you. Shame on you. And if you were the generals in the Marine Corps, my beloved Marine Corps, kicking dudes out who were saying, I'm not taking a medical procedure. I can't say the word because I knew this, this show will get canceled. All right. A medical procedure um, that isn't approved. OK. And there's people that had religious ex reasons to not take it or let's forget the whole religious thing. We have inalienable rights to make choices for ourselves. And you're saying, well, we're kicking out good, honorable servicemen over this. It, it was like, how in the world are we doing something that most of the world, I know, you know, yeah, it, the people got sick, people died. I get that. God bless them. I've got rest their soul, all that stuff. I get that. But if it was such a bad thing, you wouldn't have had to force people to take the shot. You would have had to tell people to hold off, right? And it's like, here we were, we ruined the entire, we, we ruined everything. We changed the entire world over something that most people weren't going to die from. And, and here's the other thing. 
uh, I know I'm going on a real tangent here, but I'm very, very passionate about this. Mm -hmm. The number one leading cause of death is conception. The minute you're conceived, you're going to die someday. All right. So you have a choice. You can either live in fear all your life of getting sick. And, you know, I probably, you know, getting sick and then, okay, most likely recovering from it. Or you can just recognize that every single day that you're on this planet is a day you don't get back. So you better live it to the fullest and not worry about things that may or may not happen. And the people that were sitting there, you know, these big fat slobs walking around in their Walmart scooters telling me to put on a mask because I'm going to hurt their health. Put one on me. Let, me. let me let me know how that works out for you. Relax, dude. You know, if your health was so important, you would have put down that big gulp from 7-Eleven six years ago and you wouldn't be eating the ho-hos and everything else. But hey, I took a shot. Now I'm healthy. Uh-uh. Negative. I, just what happened to this whole world and how divisive we became because we were listening to a media that we should have known a long time ago doesn't have our best research in mind. We've been listening to the same people that we bitch about every time elections come around. Then we go, well, I don't want this guy in office anymore, but then we still vote for him because it's a lesser of two evils. Okay, that's like, you know what a lesser of two evils is? Getting kicked in the nuts or punched in the face. It still sucks. We, we, we did this to ourselves. We vote these people in that we don't like because, well, I want this party to win over this party. Okay, there's something to be said that some maybe these parties, but it's two sides of the same coin. And we let this happen to ourselves. And it's like, if we don't learn our lesson, because this is not going to end. Right now, the pandemic is over. Yeah, okay, according to, I'm not going to finish that sentence. According to some people, the pandemic is over, right? Right. Well, this one is. Mm -hmm. All right, if you don't think that this wasn't a trial run for something else, you have not been paying attention because, again, if you trust your government, you didn't read a history book. And if you think that the solutions are, as you were, if you think the problems are bad, wait till you see their solutions. Mm-hmm. OK, folks, you know, this country was founded on you know, individual liberty and we were supposed to respect that. And instead, you had people calling the cops on each other because they might have had 10 cars in their driveway. What? Karen's of the world, shut up. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, dude, you're 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 great. I I couldn't agree with any of that any more than I already do. Yeah, it was absolutely atrocious to me to think that people really threw all their civil liberties out because of a cold. Yeah. And I'm I'm split on it because it's like, look, they got blasted day in day out with these are the death numbers. You're a terrible mm-hmm. person if you don't do this. Um, people were just relentlessly propagandized and told that, you know, you're just awful. You're a grandma killer. But then Mm -hmm. at a certain point you should realize I'm being misled. I'm being lied to. And it's time for me to look elsewhere for my information. Yes. Um, And the amount of people that just didn't realize, holy shit, my metabolic health and my overall health actually matters. Mm -hmm. um, It's, it's, awful because that is still the number one killer is heart disease well what's one of the largest confounding variables for heart disease being obese your health so why was this not pumped out to everybody why were you not told hey look we don't know what this cold's going to do um i don't agree with lockdowns at 
all. And I will be the first one to speak against it. But look, if you're going to say, hey, we're going to do a two-week lockdown because we don't know what this is. But look, we want you guys to go out there and get as healthy as possible. Try to stay socially distanced, you know, practice these guidelines, wash your hands. I get that. It's a violation sure. of civil liberties, but if you're going to do that, then it has to be like, look, you need to pursue your health as much as possible. It wasn't that. It was stay home, stay inside, cower in fear, and listen to your government, and we're going to send you some free money that, oh, surprise, now we're looking at probably what is double-digit inflation. But guess yeah. what? Everybody's happy to get their check from the government and then yeah. sit inside and then eat hyperpalatable foods and watch TV, and then guess what? Now everybody's more obese. Childhood obesity has gone up, what, 25%. Suicidal ideation in people my age, from the age range of 18 to 30, um, the amount of people that thought about committing suicide in the last month in 2020, um, mm -hmm. that had gone up, I think it was five times. So right. clearly we know that whatever tangential benefit we got from telling people to stay in their house and lock your door um, it is completely overblown by the amount of blowback that we're going to see in missed cancer screenings and then suicidal ideation. And now we're going to have a whole generation that went a year or two without understanding what real human communication was like. And those are the kind of people that are the people that are elected are the kind of people that took this away from us. Yeah. You know, what we love to do to go lift and go enjoy being around people when it comes to playing live music. It's, it's an affront to absolute humanity to me. Bro, so, yeah, well, shoot. It was funny is, uh, you know, being in a band, you're going to work your butt off to get gigs, right? Um, I've been in a band for uh, six, seven years now, I think. Mm -hmm. And 2020 was like the year of our band. I mean, I had 30 gigs lined up, which is next to <laughs> Oh, my God, that's so funny that you say that. Right? I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, and, uh, go on. I'll, I'll and then I lost 17 of those, and I was like, son of a bitch. Now, again, look, when the when everything first came out, I get, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know. So I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt to some of our leaders. We didn't know what we didn't know. So, right. okay, cool. But when, again – you shut down gyms, you shut down all these different things, but you opened up bars, you opened up uh, liquor stores, you opened up, you know, gentlemen's clubs, okay? Uh, and you still, at least in Ohio, you still kept gyms closed. The one place where you could work, I know you could work out from home, but why should I have to just work out from home if somebody can go down to, there's a booby bar right down the street from me. If somebody can go check out some girl's knockers right down the street from me and the gym across the street is closed, why can't I go there to get into, you know, to work on my health, you know? And, um, you know, so it, but the, the really upset me a lot about that is the, uh, not just the elected officials, but, a, you know, where I live, in the area that I live, um, even though I live in the Cleveland area, the county that I live in is a little bit more uh, conservative than most other places. So the police weren't being the curfew police or anything like that. But they were in other places. And there were the Karens of the world, you know, like, you know, well, I'm walking my dog down the street and there's somebody like, you're not wearing a mask. Because I'm outside, for goodness sake. And it's like, I'm, you're like 40 feet away from me. I could sneeze and nothing is going to happen to you. You know, it's like, just calm down. And um, what I, it's just, again, the, the, that year, and now we're starting to phase back in. And then there's some folks that virtue signaling, when I notice on, when Facebook, when people are putting up the same picture on Facebook, and you know, look at me, I'm wearing a mask. Uh, or now, 
you know, it's a flag of a certain country in your profile picture or some of these other things. When I have the media, Hollywood, politicians, did I say the media? Yeah, when I have the media, Hollywood politicians and social media all walking around in lockstep on something, that's telling me perhaps there's, I'm being lied to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like you said, propaganda. And we were, I, I don't want to fault people because you're right. You know, not all of us have the, mindset of maybe there's something else going on we're, we're going to trust things because fear is a huge motivator and you know when we're sitting there the death numbers the death numbers the death numbers okay how many be let's be honest when we you know, how many of those people had comorbidities they didn't want to talk about that all right yeah. i hate it's it's a sad thing when anybody dies because that's somebody's you know mother father brother sister lover whatever it's sad when someone passes even though Someday it's going to happen, right? We're all prepackaged worm food, but it's not great when it happens. So I get that. I don't want to take away from anybody. I'm sure some of the people that passed away that I know throughout that time, COVID might have been a factor, but they didn't want to say that. And then, and then when we had, when I can get better information from two former comedians in the form of Joe Rogan and Russell Brand, that's saying something. All right. As opposed to people that it's their job to give me proper information. All right. Joe Rogan, 50 some odd years old. I wouldn't want to mess with him uh, in the gym or in the mat room. That guy would beat the heck out of me. He catches it. He throws the kitchen sink at it, as he says. And I'm sure we can't even say half of the treatments that he took. Mm -hmm. But then you had media outlets slamming him for taking these things. Like, oh, he's taking a horse dewormer. He's doing this. He's doing that. Well, did it work or didn't it? Okay. Because he was back in the gym in three days. Yeah. Okay. Um, and when we can't talk about people on the soccer pitch dropping dead, you know, some of the people are still, some of the healthiest people in the world. Because these guys run like countless miles a day just to play a game. They're in their 20s. And they have to take a certain medical procedure to keep their job, which is shameful, right? And dropping dead of a heart problem that wasn't such a problem just a couple years back. Yeah, sorry, I'm glad I'm a pure blood. I, you know, and uh, I, I control I, group. Yeah, you know, from from a religious standpoint, I looked at it and I still look at it this day that if it wasn't the mark of the beast, it was certainly the predecessor to get you to take the mark of the beast because it's it's going to happen if it, you know you already saw it. There's you know you got to show your show me your papers in Chicago to get into a, you know a restaurant. It's like, what? Where where did we hear show me your papers before? Yeah, it it, it was the most bizarre thing in the world to me, and. It's so strange to even talk about that in America today, that mm -hmm. there was a time where we almost had to literally show our papers. Yep. And it's not like there's not research out to suggest that people who get this that are of my age, right, 18 to 29 – um, right. I, I posted a link to a study, Noam Barta at all. If you look it up, uh, Noam Barta at all, um, the certain word risk, relative risk, you'll find it. Um, the amount of people that died in my age range from COVID is like less than, I think it's less than 150 people in the last three years. Right. And we're supposed to take this shot that's going to reduce our risk of something that we're already not at risk at. 
And mm-hmm. I've talked about it plenty on the show. Uh, my fiance and I both had it and nobody knew, right? This was March, 2021, right? I still went to work. Nobody got sick for me, but I wasn't sitting there coughing in people's faces, but you know what happened? I felt a little under the weather for three days. And guess what? Woke up on that Monday and all of a sudden I had no taste or smell. Um, yeah. My fiance, she lost her, her, her uh, smell for like a month. And it was still a little goofy for about a um, couple months after that, but that was it. And we're supposed to believe that we're supposed to take the shot that actually would have increased our chance of severe myocarditis where mm-hmm. 90% of those cases end with people in the hospital. Right. We were supposed to take that when we already had the sickness, got mm-hmm. over it, had an antibody test to prove that we had it right. to get into a restaurant. Right. That to me was the most ridiculous science denying shit i've ever seen in my life it's it's bizarre well if you can question it it's science if you can't question it it's propaganda and yeah you know i know look i'm not a doctor i don't play one on tv or any of those things i get that okay but i can make observations and when you know you got some 81 year old douchebag telling me if you question me you're questioning science get out of your ego dickhead i'm asking you something that's not approved yet but yet you're telling me i have to take it you tell your the science kept evolving no the lies just kept getting exposed one minute you're telling us if you get this shot you're not going to catch the virus next minute you tell us well if you catch it you won't be able to spread it to others now you catch it, you'll be able to spread it to others, but it's not nearly as much of a chance. Uh, you catch it, you might get hospitalized, but you won't die. You catch it, you might die. Well, then what in the fuck? Would I, why would I take it? So it's like, it's like basically wearing a fishnet condom and getting butthurt that I got a girl pregnant. That's a, about the same metaphor that you can possibly go with. Yeah. It's like, no, the, no. You know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, okay? I... I definitely have gotten much more leery of the pharmaceutical companies over these past couple of years because of this. I mean, again, Russell Brand is too bad that guy's not a U.S. citizen. He'd make a great president, right? Um, You know, he's sitting there talking about He's like, some of these companies that are making this shot have had to pay billions of dollars in payouts and, and for other reasons. And now all of a sudden we're trusting them as our savior? please make this make sense to me because I just can't do it. Yeah. The amount of people that just kind of went along to the same people that said, um, you know, I want to fight for 15 and we need to break up big banks. And all of a sudden it's okay to trust everything that you said from big pharma. It, it was truly the most bizarre you know, moment in my entire life. And I was born yes. in 1994. So, um, you know, I remember 9-11 and I remember plenty of the other stuff that's going on in the world yeah. to say like, holy shit, this was just something completely different. This wasn't just another kind of blip on the radar. This was something that was truly groundbreaking and that changed probably the course of civilization as we know it, because yeah. um, it really set a precedent that wasn't good at all. Yeah. Um, you got anything else to add or um, we could do plugs and fucking rock and roll, dude? Uh, well, If you haven't noticed, folks, when you give up freedom, you don't get them back. Okay, Um, it it just happens. Uh, No is a sentence. All right. And sometimes that no is going to come with some consequences. But, you know, 
some you just sometimes have to say no i'm not doing this all right and anybody who's out there listening that is law enforcement or is military that did that whole i'm just following orders again you, you see the cross in the back all those different things you would better repent of that shit turn away from it and don't do it again admit you were wrong and move forward because this is going to happen again it's going to happen again where they're going to they're going to push something um i i personally believe if this wasn't if this wasn't a lab leak which i think it was um if it wasn't a lab leak, it was definitely one of those don't let a catastrophe go to waste kind of thing. Where have you heard right. that before? Yeah. All right. And if you don't think that they're not going to do it again, because I don't know what it is about some of these folks that they've already got enough money as it is. I don't know what it is where they just feel like they have to control people. But no, you're not. You, you are a human being. If you want to take certain medical procedures, that's fine. Do you. But recognize that not everybody wants to make the same decisions as you. And all of these people that want me to sit there and say, well, you have to respect my pronouns. You have to respect this. You have to respect that. Do you? I'm going to love you no matter what because you're a creation of, of God. But then respect me and my decisions. If we can't do that, then there's not respect. There's just tyranny. All right? And as the shirt, when tyranny becomes law, rebellion becomes duty. No. You... You know, I'm not I'm not saying pick up any sorts of devices to fight or anything like that. Civil disobedience is sometimes the answer. And that's where this came into play. You have a right to say no. And uh, all right, enough of that. Yes, plugging. <laughs> well, real quick, real quick. I'm sorry. Before before we do plugs, I completely forgot. Um, yeah. I got a couple questions I ask everybody and then we'll do plugs. Uh, I apologize. Sure. My, my dog's just been running around a lot. But oh, uh, dude, I'm, I'm really glad you were able to come on. What does liberty look like to you? Uh, liberty looks like to me that I can pursue my happiness, not have it guaranteed, okay? I have to work for it. That I pursue my happiness, um, that uh, as much as I want everyone to believe in the same faith that I believe in, I want them to do that on their own free will. So I you want you to worship as you wish, Respect other people, um, love people, regardless of whether or not they're living the way you want them to, because uh, I'm sorry, but and that doesn't mean support what they're doing. That means still love them, because if there's someone's doing something wrong, you tell them they're doing something wrong, but you love them. Uh, but pursuing what makes you the Michael Jordan of your life, okay, doing that, um, being left alone to your own devices and uh, the government is supposed to be there to protect the rights that they swore to uphold and protect, not take away from them. That's, uh, I'm so, again, everybody elected official, military, law enforcement, they all take oaths. And those oaths are supposed to mean something. And I think a lot of people just say that as a formality and don't adhere to it. Um, but liberty, you know, once America, America is going to someday not be America. And when that happens, I don't see any other country holding up the reins of liberty that we've held. So enjoy it while it lasts. But and it, it, liberty is a very important thing that in, to my to me. Nice, nice. What does health look like to you? Health. Okay. Um, 
health looks like doing what you can with what you got. Um, I do believe that lifting heavy things, putting heavy things down, and having a modicum of cardio, uh, if you're in contest prep, you're going to kill yourself with cardio most likely. Um, eating well most of the time, because uh, look, at the end of the day, you eat right, live right, you're going to die anyway, so don't deprive yourself of that cheesecake at your wife's birthday party. <laughs> uh, but, you know, eat well, be active, and live vibrantly. Um, if you can be off of, I don't have a problem with medicine, but if you can be off of medicine, great. All right. Because a healthy person makes for a broke doctor. My former doctor who retired because he got really tired of the medical profession because he felt like he was having to be a pill pusher. He was one of the first people to tell me, Chris, I can punch pump you full of pills and you're going to live into your 80, 85, but you're going to be miserable or we can work on your diet and you're going to live a comfortable life. Yeah, I'll take that instead. Um, it's not necessarily, I mean, look, looking good is great. And if you're healthy, you're going to look better than if you're not. Yeah. But it boils down to uh, having a full life, exercising, being active and eating properly. And uh, when you have that in place, when your physical health is in place, for me at least, my mental health and my spiritual health just blossom. There's not a day that I have that I'm just not happy to be alive. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I definitely resonate with that as well. Um, all right, now, where can everybody find you, dude? Okay, so if you uh, desire for Iron Fitness on Instagram and on Facebook, I have that. I also have my own channel that I got to get you on, Desire for Iron Fitness on YouTube. Um, I, I definitely don't get nearly as political as I get on this show, but I just I normally don't even talk that long. <laughs> um, Desireforiron.com. Uh, I did create a discount code uh, for the first 10 folks on this channel because, um, yes, I'm a very liberty-minded person. Liberty 25, 25% off of the services I provide, uh, which include uh, exercises right through the telephone app. Um, I'll customize it you know, to your needs, um, your biweekly check-ins to make sure you're progressing well, Set up your calories and your macronutrients for the gold package and the platinum package. I even have monthly video conferences where I might not throw out as many curse words at you, but we're going to talk to you month by month to ensure we're on the right track, get your mind right, and just keep kicking butt as each week progresses. Nice. Well, uh, Chris, it's definitely been a pleasure, and um, I think people are really going to enjoy this conversation. I know I definitely did. And uh, yeah, dude, if you don't got anything else, we'll close her out and, uh, you know, shoot the show on the other side. Bro, I am so honored to be on the show. I know that I get very long-winded, but thank you so much for having me. Nah, nah, dude, it was my pleasure. And, uh, you know, I'm here whenever you need me, man. So uh, um, I guess, like you said, uh, hopefully everyone goes and checks your stuff out. And um, you all definitely vouch for um, his, you know, training, conditioning, and his coaching. So, uh, yeah, guys, until next time, make sure you go check his stuff out. Check out the sponsors. Get yourself a Salty Box right there and also get you some uh access sledge supplements all that stuff will be in the um show notes and everywhere else and uh until next time everybody take care and rock and roll roger that man Thank
Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.